Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast. Where do they go from here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I think they are a very, very legitimate threat to be picking top two. Uh, you know, Arizona gets Kyler Murray back now. I mean, Carolina, it looked horrendous last night, so they probably should be in the conversation for Chicago, obviously. Uh, the Patriots, I, I think, are an interesting one as well. But there's a very legitimate chance I think this Giants team is is picking in the Caleb Williams and Drake May range of the draft. And they effectively gave Daniel Jones a two-year contract. Um, you know, it, all the guarantees, all the full guarantees from the first two years. There is an injury guarantee that could kick in for the third year. He presumably would be healthy with the ACL before that comes. And it does complicate matters if you wanted to trade him, you know, with, okay, was a team going to give you that much for a guy coming off a torn ACL with some big money and guarantees owed in the second year of a deal? But I think you have to if you're the Giants. And I, and I get the argument of they're still so far away. There's so much more they need to add to this team. But, you know, I think you just have to do it and, and build around a new guy. In theory, Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal is a decent bookend to start building around if Neal can play some better football, um, if both guys can get healthy. And then, yeah, I mean, a healthy Wandell Robinson now, Darren Waller, and the whole team is injured. But long answer short, I think you have to do it and take one of those top prospects if you're there. How damaging is it for the new regime, um, you know, Joe Shane, uh, Brian Dayball, to effectively one year after making a fairly significant decision, right? Like, we'll talk about the decision itself in a second, but one year after essentially getting it wrong, going back to ownership and saying, uh, we're going to go in a, we got it wrong. We're going to go in a completely different direction. We're blowing it up. We screwed it up last year. And now we, Jones isn't the guy. We're drafting the new guy. Now we have to get rid of Daniel Jones. Like, how hard is that for them to go kind of cap in hand to ownership and say, we blew it? A good question. And you do wonder, you know, to what degree ownership is involved in. I view this situation particularly interesting. I think part of why they made this decision, and I think it's very bad process, and I am in general a fan of Joe Shane. I think he's done a lot of good. We should get to the Leonard Williams trade in a second here. I think the viewpoint was, and I have a feeling ownership probably had something to do with it, we need to keep both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley on this team. And if we're going to pay one a multi-year deal, I guess let's do the quarterback by low. He obviously got extended before all the 2020 class guys got way more money. Like you could talk yourself into why it made sense to pay him and franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Flash forward, you know, Daniel Jones is is not worthy of, uh, of the extension. Saquon Barkley is below league average in explosive run rate and success rate in uh, stuff rate. Like, they, like neither guy really needed to be retained, frankly. But that is what I come back to is I ownership. I imagine was like, find a way to keep both guys. And he said, okay, we're not going to give a, a running back a big second contract. We'll tag him. And that means we have to pay Daniel Jones. Um, you know, so that's kind of how I view it. So if you were, if you were the, the decision maker there a year ago, where was the, where was the mistake? So what was the actual original sin in this whole thing? Cause there's a cascade of problems that all stem from whichever screw up you determine was the, was the first one or the biggest problem they made. They had a sequence of decisions. Uh, number one was when they come in, do we pick up Daniel Jones fifth year option, right? That's decision number one. They decided not to do that. Uh, once they got a pretty good season out of Daniel Jones coming off the, uh, the first year with Brian Dayball, the playoff run, winning a playoff game, then the decision is, well, what do we do? We've got Daniel Jones expiring. We've got Saquon Barkley expiring. We have one franchise tag. 
how do we deploy this? They end up deciding to sign Daniel Jones to a contract, giving him multiple years, and then using the tag on Saquon and negotiating that way. So what, in your opinion, was the mistake and what should have been the, the, the actual way to go? No issue declining the fifth-year option. Now that those are fully guaranteed at exercise, I think more teams, frankly, should take the risk of, uh, all right, we don't really know what we have, and the downside risk of fully guaranteeing $23 million, whatever it was going to be, we'd rather have the risk of, okay, now we have to tag him for $32 million. Yes, we're losing $9 million, which is not ideal, but we're also not, let's say he was horrible last year, and then you're on the book sitting there like Sam Darnold in Carolina with a $19 million fully guaranteed fifth-year option that you would give away for a fresh bag of, uh, of football. So it's like, I think that decision is fine. Right. The, the, the issue for me was that you know analysis I just thought of the two players Look, I get Saquon Barkley as a franchise cornerstone. He matters so much. This community, the organization, everything. The franchise tag was created for for Daniel Jones 2022. It's literally why it exists. Is Hey, we had a quarterback who threw 15 touchdown passes and had like seven big-time throws and a 6.5-yard average depth of target. And yes, his offensive line was not good. His receivers were not good. And yes, he was great against Minnesota in that playoff game. But like, we need to see more. We don't know if he really is the guy. And to clarify, like, we're not the ACL injury sucks, but he, he was not playing well before that. Right. Um, but I feel bad he's injured. I would like to see maybe he could bounce back. But anyway, that's why the franchise tag was created. And and I mentioned Barkley hasn't been great, but if Jonathan Taylor is signing three years, forty-two, I feel like three years, thirty-seven and a half was probably a realistic contract for both parties in this Barkley Giants situation. You're comfortable giving one year 11. All right, give him three, 37 and a half with 20 million guaranteed. Again, like what's the difference? You know, I think that if, if I needed to keep both, I probably would have gone that route. We're more than halfway through the NFL season, almost. That's what it tells me, though. That's what it tells me. Yeah, but DraftKings Sportsbook still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just five bucks on anything to get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. Bet on anything, five bucks. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener uh, sweetener offer every single game this October. You can get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code PFF. So you can go check out Monday Night Football tonight. You got Niners. You got the Vikings. You can go do it right now. If you're a new customer, you can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in ONT, Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.com. Sorry, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. So I, I agree. I think that the, the way they handle it, this, uh, the franchise tag thing was the mistake. I, I think I also agree that I, I think 
turning down his fifth-year option is was a fair move at the time, right? They effectively said, look, if he stinks, we want rid of that. We have no idea what he is. If he's good, we can put the franchise tag on him anyway. So, yeah, it's costing a little bit more, but we were paying for the next year of seeing, right, without any kind of cost. So I agree. I think that made sense. But the second he had the season he did, which is a step forward, but we don't know, you put the franchise tag on him because you can't risk doing anything else. Because if you get it wrong, exactly what happened will happen, right? He plays badly, you want rid of him, and you're stuck with him because you just gave him the other contract. So did they get... Did they misevaluate what Daniel Jones was coming out of this unexpectedly good year for the team, right? Playoff run, winning a bunch of close games, beating the Vikings in the playoffs, uh, and him playing well while they did that. Did they, like, misevaluate because of that, uh, that unexpectedly good performance? Or did they just get greedy and think, we need to keep both of these guys here, and this is the best way of doing that. Like, we, in order to have the flexibility of signing Daniel Jones, getting Saquon Barkley's lockdown because that's a more contentious contract or whatever, like, we need the franchise tag for him, and this is just the best way of doing that, and we want to have our cake and eat it. Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. I do think that the latter is a big part of it, and really teams should learn from this of like never be backed into a decision because you need to retain a tag for one other player. It's just not good process. But I also think it was a misevaluation. Like again, I said he didn't have good protection, didn't really have good weapons last year, and this is unfair analysis. But you take out two games against Minnesota who may have had the worst defense in the NFL last year, and he probably had like eight touchdown passes so like, like on the season. Like, I, you know, that, that, that's not the correct number. But, um, you know, a team that sat back in soft zone and did nothing, um, that obviously changed coordinators, is now playing much better. I mean, he, he owes Ed Donatella a chunk of his of his signing bonus, I think, frankly. So, yeah, it was just, it was just a, bad, a, a bad decision um, in, in every way you look at it. But I will pivot to the positive. The smartest thing they could do, in my opinion, was recognize it in other ways and kind of hit the reset button. Getting a second and fifth round pick for a player in Leonard Williams that is good, um, but not great, that is 29 years old, that is not franchise taggable because he's already been tagged twice, um, I think was excellent. I think it was the move of the deadline, uh, was the Giants handling that. I think it was better than anyone else, anything anyone else did at the deadline. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're right. That's an indication that they're going to head in the right direction and recognize where they are. But the last sort of question that I I end up with, um, if they misevaluated Daniel Jones, if they screwed it up last year, if they sort of misrep, misread where they were as a team, is there not also a chance that they're going to do that again this year and say? The offensive line was abysmal. We still don't have receivers for Daniel Jones. The man got injured. Like, we're stuck with him anyway. Let's give Daniel another shot. Let's go get Marvin Harrison Jr. at the top of the draft. Let's go get, you know, one of the top tackles, Fashnu, Alt, whoever. Let's, let's, the Evan Neal thing didn't work. Let's build around Daniel Jones and give him a real chance this year. I think it's possible for sure. I wouldn't be shocked, frankly. I mean, let's they would probably tell themselves, all right, let's say they do have a first or second overall pick. We can trade this for a crazy boatload of, of draft picks. We can still land, if not Marvin Harrison Jr., you get one of the other awesome receivers that should go in the top 15 of this class. Um, and then, you, yeah, more offensive line, everything. Just build the entire offense out, maybe add some pass rush, whatever, on the defense as well. Um, yeah, I could see it. And, and I, and I there, there's an argument to why it makes sense. Um, 
Personally, I would take one of the quarterback prospects and, and just go from there. Oh, I absolutely would as well. I'm just sort of, yeah. I think we're taking it as read that Daniel Jones coming off this year, it's, that's it, right? Done. The end. Like, you can't possibly go forward with him at this point. But I'm sort of, I'm conscious of, I wouldn't have done what they did last year. And they're the ones whose names are tied to that decision. Like, I, again, I keep coming back to this idea of it's got to be pretty hard to go into the ownership room with the with your pitch is essentially, hey, we misidentified our franchise quarterback a year ago. Let me fix it by identifying the next franchise quarterback. And you're like, that's those are sort of the first piece of information works quite heavily against the second piece of information in that in that sales pitch. It's it certainly does. It's a, it's a good point. I mean, look, Steve Kime pulled it off, and you know, obviously, he's no longer in Arizona and, and made some poor decisions along the way. But probably the best thing he ever did yeah. was admit that Josh Rosen was a whiff and say, "Look, we're going to take Kyler Murray and start this thing over." So like, that's where I go back to. I do think we've seen a lot of good process from Shane. I think a lot of things he's done have been smart and, and show a a macro understanding and a, and a path and a vision. But yeah, it was a miss on the quarterback evaluation, on giving him that deal. I think there's no way around that. But also, like every team kind of does that. You say, well, what the alternative is we take a risk on a rookie that might not be good, or, you know, it's a safe play, it's a high floor play, which you could probably even argue that with Daniel Jones. But, but yeah, I don't know. I hear you 110%. Uh, I, I would give another shot. He inherited the guy, he declined his option, he changed his mind because of a, a situation with Barkley that for all we know, you know, maybe ownership was pushing that more than more than we realized. Right.